Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Trinity Doctrine versus One God Doctrine and many different variations in between. What's the truth? God is going to reveal himself in the true Jesus Christ according to the last book in the Word of God, the revelation of Jesus Christ that God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Sent and signified it by his angel under John. It will be the revelation of Jesus Christ, not the Antichrist. And it will be by judgments. For thy judgments are made manifest in the earth. And when they are, men will learn righteousness. That is Jehovah Tendishkinu, the Lord our righteousness, the true God and eternal life. There'll be no uh, commentary. There'll be no division, no strife, because we'll all will know him, singular, from the least to the greatest. The knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the seas. All will know it, him. God has never been a trinity. But we have in a council of Nicaea. They formed a trinity doctrine in an ecumenical synod in 325 A.D. There was no such thing as a triune God before then. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Jesus stated that he and his Father are one, not three, John 10, 30, I and my Father are one. Not whom? Not in a union. But heis. H-E-I-S. A Greek word meaning one and the same spirit. We're the same spirit. Now we, the body of Christ, cannot say that we are God, even though the Spirit of God be filled the believer But we're not God. We're not that spirit. But Jesus is that spirit. He is the Lord, and the Lord is that spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17. So then how did God send for this son? Well, we're told that somehow, someway, in a 451 Chalcedonian definition, here again, an ecumenical council in a synod, that the Son of God, according to his Godhead, was begotten of the Father before the foundation of the world. That somehow the Spirit of God beget another spirit, another person, another personality. Now let's take a look, and they call this a hypostatic union, that somehow, that, that in the days of Jesus, in the days of his flesh, that there were... A, there was a hypostatic union of that which is spirit, is spirit, and Jesus is that spirit. But there was a hypostatic union with the flesh. Thus, the God-man. And being Jesus, the second person of the Godhead, because he was in a hypostatic union with the Father since the 451 Chalcedonian definition of Christ and Christology, very simply was that he was begotten of the Father before the foundation of the world, according to his Godhead, the Son of God being God. Well, when we take a look at it, and they call this a hypostatic union. Now, I'm reading a different dictionary. It says a hypostatic union is pertaining to or constituting a distinct personal being or substance. Now, the state of being, we'll take a look at Jesus in a minute of his being and who he is and what he is in essence. But substance speaks of physical. That which is flesh is flesh. So that comes back to the hypostasis. It's in theology, and it's broken down into three different statements, the first one being He is one of the three real and distinct substances. In the one undivided substance or essence of God. Now, if you can make sense of that, let me know. How can you have three real distinct substances in the one undivided substance? Well, somebody said, well, it's like an egg. You know, you have one egg, 
but you have uh, the yolk, and then you have uh, the egg, and and the center of the egg with the with the uh, white matter. You have an egg. It's three different particles. There are substance. Well, there's no way does that refer to God. Well, they say, well, it's like a human being, you know, body, soul, and spirit. Well, God is a spirit. He's not a body of flesh and blood. God is a spirit. There's no various distinctions there. The essence of God is God is a spirit, capital S. He is Elohim, self-existent, eternal God. He is God, always has been God, always will be God, spirit. Nothing else in substance but the essence, which is spirit, but no substance. Substance being the form, morpha, is spirit. God is a spirit. When you say substance, it's going to refer to the flesh. Now we go to the second statement. A person of the Trinity. Hmm. A person of the Trinity. Meaning that somehow he is one of the three persons of a Trinity personality, persons. Then we look at the third, the one personality of Christ, the one personality of Christ, in which he has two natures, human and divine, are united. Now that's supposed to be a hypostatic union. Now when we say substance, that of which a thing consists physical matter or material form or substance. Materially, manifest. We have to go to the Word of God, and He wants us to know who He is. We are saved through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, Second Peter 1. It's given to us to know these exceedingly great and precious promises that we can escape the corruption of the world through lust, that we might be made protector of His divine nature. Now, when we talk about God, Always God is one. When you say Elohim, when they say that's a plurality of the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost is a total lie. Why? Because Elohim is a plurality of God's attributes. That's the reason it is always, it is always used with a singular verb tense. Elohim is the Lord, the Tetragrammaton, the Lord Jehovah. But the Elohim is plural, which is the plural of the attributes of God. Not person. He is love. He is power. He is almighty. He is wisdom. He is understanding. He's all these things. But that's only the attributes of the one spirit. And that's what we find out in Genesis 1.26 when God said, Let us make man in our own image plural, personal pronouns, us and our. And we think, well, God is talking to the Son and the Holy Ghost. <laughs> well, we take a look at the next verse, Genesis one twenty-seven. So God made man in his own image. Male and female created he, them, singular personal pronoun. So now we've got to find the revelation. Seems like it's a direct contradiction, but there's not. And when it seems like there's a contradiction in the Word of God, it's to drive us deeper into the real truth of God. There's not a contradiction in the spirit. It may be in the physical realm to the natural mind, but not in the spiritual, the spiritual truth of the Word. Facts, as looked at in the natural mind, will look like a direct contradiction. But the truth, it will be exactly the same truth in the spirit with no contradiction at all. It'll be true. Well, the same is true with God revealing who he is and the word of God. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of Jesus Christ, who is born in Bethlehem, Judah, who's born in the city of David, Christ, the Lord. There's only one Lord. We see that in Ephesians 4. There is one body, one Lord, one spirit, one faith. Well, if there's one body, 
one spirit, one Lord. Well, then how does it say the Lord sent unto my Lord? Well, is that two and one? Of course not. Well, there's many then a two-ness doctrine that will state, well, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, is the same as the Father because when Mary is overshadowed by the Holy Ghost, that's the Holy Spirit of God, that's which is conceived in her, is from the Most High. Well, they see that the Father and uh, the Most High God and the Holy Ghost is one and the same Spirit. So they'll say, well, there's not a trinity, but there's two. The Lord said unto my Lord. And it seems that that is a tunis doctrine. But Jesus dispels that in Matthew twenty-two forty-two. He asked this guy, he had the Pharisees, what think you of Christ? Whose son is he? That's Christology. It's, an, it's a question concerning Christ, the revelation of Christ. What think you of Christ? He's asking them their doctrine of Christ. Whose son is he, little S-O-N? And they said, the son of David. Well, they know in the genealogy of, of David that Christ will come through the bloodline of David. But Jesus goes on and says, then he quotes Psalm 110, verse 1. And the reason he's doing it, he's going to show that there's only one Lord. But the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that invisible spirit of God, the Tetragrammaton, the yod ha Yahweh, or Jehovah, as it's transliterated, is but one. The capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D is the invisible spirit of God. God is a spirit. And you can't see him. You're going to heaven, I'm there. You're going to hell, I'm there. He's omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. He is all-knowing. He's almighty. And he is everywhere, ever-present. Well, then the Lord said unto my Lord... That is a capital L, small case, O-R-D. So this capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, said unto my Lord, capital L, small case, O-R-D, set thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Jesus quotes this with Psalm 110. And he says, when he asked those Pharisees, what thank you of Christ? Whose son is he? They said, the son of David. Then he said, well, David said, the Lord, quoting Psalm 110, verse 1, said unto my Lord, the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, said unto my Lord, capital L, small case, O-R-D, set thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David in spirit, now not with a natural mind, if David in spirit calleth him Lord, has he then his son? Because he's given the revelation of Christ there. Christ is Christ. There's not a Christ junior. There's not a second person of Christ. Christ is simply Christ. And that revelation was given to Peter and in his epistle, he states it very plainly. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. That the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ that was in them, capital S. God is a Spirit. That Christ is that Spirit. Christ is that God. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Word. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ is Elohim. Christ is El Shaddai. Christ is Jehovah. Christ is that invisible spirit. And the Old Testament prophets prophesied by the spirit of Christ that was in them. That is Moses, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, all the way to Malachi. All of them prophesied by the spirit of Christ that was in them. Peter said so. But he didn't stop there. Christ is that spirit. That's the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. That is the self-existent eternal spirit of God who is invisible. There, 
But he says, when he testified beforehand, signifying, testifying beforehand, that what? That Christ, Christ should suffer. Now, how can that be? When we look there, when you look at Peter, and he's stating that, that revelation that he's received in Matthew 16, when Jesus at this doctrine of Christ, Jesus is going to expound that this doctrine of Christ, this rock, is a foundation of the church. We can't miss it. And we see there in Matthew 16, <clears throat> Jesus is asking the question, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, the Son of Man is that man from heaven, the invisible Spirit of God. Not a human, not a, a man in a humus or a dirt body, but he is man nonetheless. Just like our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man, that spirit man, is renewed day by day. Well, John 3.13, Jesus stated, No man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. Somebody came down from heaven who is a man? Yes. Even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Now, that's a kingdom office. That's the Spirit of God. And Jesus standing there, right there before them, in the flesh, stating that he came from heaven, that he is that Son of Man, which is in heaven, right there, claiming that he is that Spirit. Just as he did in John 10, 30, I and my Father are not a part, not in a hypostatic union, not whom, but we are one, ice, one and the same Spirit. Matthew 10, uh, 30. Well, how can that be? Well, that's the doctrine of Christ. We have to be taught Christ and be established in the doctrine. Otherwise, we will take on the Antichrist, not having the doctrine of Christ being established in us. That doctrine of Christ, very simply, then Jesus stated there in Matthew 16, he went on and said, but who do you say I am? Well, Peter said, thou art the Christ. You're the Christ. Which is the Hebrew Messiah, Hamashiach. The Christos. You're the Christ. You're the God that Spirit made manifest. Because Christ, Christ is that Spirit. Has been that Spirit. Always will be the Spirit of God. He is the Father. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. That's, Christ, that's Christology. He is that Spirit. How it? That spirit, that word will be made flesh. That spirit will be manifest in the flesh. God himself will be manifest in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3.16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. God was, not, not the Son of God. God was. And born in the city of David, Christ the Lord. He is the Lord. He is Christ, that spirit. Well, when you see there that uh, Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He could also say, thou art the Christ, the father of glory. He can also say that thou art Christ, the word. But he's giving the son of God the title Son of God, because it's the office of the redemption, the blood office of God. That's the only office that has blood, Son of God. It's the redemption office of the Spirit. For the Father doesn't have blood, he's the Spirit of God. He can't suffer, he's God. He can't die, he's God. Howbeit, the Word. The Word can't suffer, the Word's the Word. It's the thought, plan, purpose, and will of God. It's spirit. The word is spirit. The word is life. The Holy Ghost. Now, the Holy Ghost is the spirit of God. The Holy Ghost can't die. But yet, for the law to be satisfied and fulfilled, we have to have the perfect, spotless, blameless sacrifice 
Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world by the shedding of blood. And with, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. So there has to be blood. And that will be God manifest in the flesh. God himself. Emmanuel, God with us. Not another spirit. Not another person. There is the doctrine of Christ. That's Christology. And uh, when we take a look there, Peter said, he'd been, Jesus asked point blank his disciples, who do you say I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Now notice that Jesus states, Simon Bar-Jonah calls him his earthly name. So, Flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. Somebody say, well, it can't be the Father because if he is the Father, he wouldn't say my Father's in heaven. Well, now let's take a look. Jesus stated he was in heaven in John 3, 13. No man has sent it up to heaven except he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven, John 3, 13. Yet, Jesus, speaking as a man, said, my Father. So there's a revelation there. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Simon Bar-Jonah, flesh and blood, hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. The only way that any person will see the revelation of Christ is by and through the Father of glory. No man comes unto Jesus except the Father drawing. Well, now let's take a look at this doctrine of Christ because... If it's not this doctrine of Christ, it's an antichrist, something in lieu of Christ. We must be established in the doctrine of Christ. And in 2 John 9, if any man abide not in this doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. That's pretty point blank. Any man that abides not in the doctrine of Christ, he has not God. Well, Christ then, that doctrine of Christ, we must have it, and it must be understood and established in our, not only understanding, but in our spirit, that we know that we know that we know the doctrine of Christ. Well, Peter is given that in Matthew 16. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Simon bar Jonah, flesh and blood, hath not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art Peter, a piece of the rock, Petros. And upon this rock, I will build my church. That's the foundation. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And he said, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose upon earth shall be loose in heaven. There, Peter writes in his epistle there and gives us a little more understanding on this doctrine of Christ. We see that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. We see in verse 10, I'm reading out of the King James Version, says that of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you. Verse 11. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ. Notice that's a capital S. That's God. God is a Spirit. Christ is that Spirit. Christ, the Spirit of God, in any office of the Spirit, Father, Word, Holy Ghost, Elohim, El Shaddai, Jehovah, any of them, whatever God is and always is in that Spirit, is Christ. That's the doctrine of Christ. That truth, it's a mystery. And we'll see that in Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9 in just a minute. But let's go on and read. While we know, now let's establish that Christ is that spirit. Christ is that God. Christ is uh, the Father of glory. He is the Word of the Holy Ghost. He is El Shaddai. He is Elohim. He is Jehovah. He's the Lord. And it says... That spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ. Now, wait a minute. Christ, the spirit, can't suffer unless 
Christ somehow or another has added to himself a body of flesh and blood. And that's exactly what he did. So we'll see in Isaiah 59, 16, and Isaiah 63, 5, that God had to have a man. He looked for a man. A man lost it. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. As the offenses of one, so also the free gift will be of one. By one's obedience, many will be made righteous. One man, a man lost it. Only a man can redeem us back. God is a spirit. He can't do it. He has no blood. He can't die. Well, the devil thinks if he, if the princes of this world had known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't understand that it was God himself that made himself a body of flesh and blood. It is Christ. Christ is the spirit. But Christ is also the man that will suffer, that spirit of God that will take on a body of flesh and blood, the same spirit, not a different spirit, not a different person. The same exact spirit will add to his spirit a body of flesh and blood. Now, where do we see that? We see it in there. We see that, with, first of all, that Christ is the spirit and Christ is that suffering Christ. And it said that in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. Again, searching what, what manner of time the spirit of Christ that was in them, that spirit of Christ is God Almighty. When it did signify, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Well, how can God, this spirit, take on a body of flesh and blood? He's got to have a man. A man lost it. He looks for a man. He's amazed he can find none. Isaiah 59, 16. Therefore, his own arm brings salvation to himself. God's own arm of flesh. Isaiah 63, 5 states the same thing. His own arm brought salvation to me, God said. But to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? That's the arm of flesh. That's the arm God manifests in the flesh. 1 Timothy 3.16 Now, we see that Christ is the Spirit, but Christ also is that same Spirit that took on a body of flesh and blood where it could suffer, shed blood, die, be rose, rise again from the dead. So we take a look at how God did this in Philippians 2. 5 through 8, gives us exactly how God did it. Paul, speaking to the church at Philippi, stated that this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, form, morpha, that's an eternal state. Spirit, God is a spirit. Those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus, who being in the form of God, Spirit, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. All the attributes of God equal. Nobody's equal with God except God himself. Not another person. God himself. Then made himself. Made himself. Not another self. Made himself of no reputation. Hmm. Now, there's a key. That's a cano. That's a kenosis. That's God himself, not the son of God. Not a begotten son somewhere in heaven that uh, uh, somehow was spirit junior. There was no other spirit in heaven. God said, I know not any. There's no God beside me. I know not any. Isaiah 42, 43, Isaiah 44. I am God alone. Beside me, there is no other God. There's no other sons, daughters, nothing. God is God, spirit, self-existent, eternal, the Holy One. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is 
one Lord. There's not two, not three. There, Jesus stated that in Matthew twenty-two forty-two, when they said about Christ, talking to the Pharisees, Jesus said, what well, think you of Christ? Whose son is he? Little S-O-N. Well, we just saw it in 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11, that Christ, not only is that spirit, but will have a body of flesh and blood of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So the Lord is that invisible spirit of God, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Said unto my Lord, capital L, small case, O-R-D. The Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, is a tetragrammaton, Yahweh. The yod ha ha Yahweh, or Yehovah, or Jehovah. Said unto my Lord, that is my Adon, A-D-O-N, or A-D-O-W-N, sometimes written, which is a man, a man of flesh and blood. But who has the Spirit of God, the same there as the Lord, but is a man of flesh. The man, the Lord, the Tetragrammaton, the Jehovah, Yahweh, said unto my Lord, Adon, my Lord, David's Lord, the Messiah, the Christ, Set thou at my right hand. That's an elevation. That's elevated. Exalted. Not car, not a physical right hand, but dexioth. Exalted at the right hand of God. Until I make thine enemies thy footstool. They, then Jesus goes on. In Matthew 22, 42, and says, If David in spirit calls him Lord, the self-existent eternal spirit of God, how is he then his son? And no man was able to ask, answer Jesus. Neither durst any man ask Jesus any more questions. They couldn't answer it. They didn't have the doctrine of Christ. The question was, what think you of Christ? They couldn't answer it. We have to answer it in the body of Christ and know who Christ is. The Lord is that invisible spirit of God, the Father of glory, the Word, the Holy Ghost, the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the Tetragrammaton. He is that invisible spirit of God. Send unto my Lord. That's the spirit of God made manifest in a body of flesh and blood. But that Lord is made a little lower than the angels. What? How? God sent forth his son, not made it begotten before the world was, according to the Godhead. Galatians 4, verse 4 tells you how God did it. In the fullness of time, God sent forth his son. How? Made of a woman. God was manifest in flesh, not the son. Son wasn't manifest in the flesh. Because Jesus said, you've seen me, you've seen the Father, not the Son. You've seen me, you've seen the Father. The Son of God is the Father revealed. Jesus stated it in John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house and many mansions, when I so would have told you. Well, Jesus speaking, my Father. Why? Because now he is made under the law. Now, there's the key. God is God, the Spirit. But he's made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6. Why? Because he's got to have a man. And that man will be made in under the law. The law will still be there until it is fulfilled and then the ordinance is nailed to the cross with that wall of partition being broken down. Thereby making peace. But until that wall is broken down, there's a middle wall of partition. Parts God from man, even though God is manifest in the flesh, that flesh that God is, is still has a wall parting God from his own body of flesh and blood. It's his body. 
It's in the days of God's flesh, in the days of his flesh. Therein, he's made a little lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor. What is that? Jesus, made a little lower than the angels. We see it in Hebrews 2. Crowned with glory and honor. Well, but we now we see not all things under Adam, but we see Jesus, who was crowned, made a little lower than the angels, crowned with glory and honor, etc., well, we see that Jesus now glorified. But in the days of his flesh, he came in the likeness of sinful flesh, Romans 8, 3. But we have to understand God himself made himself of no reputation, Philippians 2, 6. A self-imposed limitation upon himself, laid aside his own glory. It's going to be God manifest in the flesh, but he's not going to work as God. He's making himself of no reputation so he can work as a man. Then that man will be under the law and will pray to the Spirit of God because that law is still there and has to be fulfilled and literally be tried in all things and every aspect of that law and be found perfect, spirit, soul, and body, as a suffering servant of God a perfect, spotless, blameless lamb of God. So God has to have a man. He made himself a body of flesh and blood. Philippians 2, 6 tells you how he did it. He makes himself of no reputation. He lays aside his glory. He's not going to work as God. And he takes upon him the form of a servant. That's an eternal state, amorpha. The form of a servant. The form of a servant, God, and the form of yes. Made in the likeness of men. Who? God. Made in the likeness of men, being found in fashion as a man. Humble himself to the death, the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him, giving him name above every name. Well, that's exactly what Jesus said in John 2. Destroy this temple in three days, I will raise it up. No man can raise up his own body, except he be God. Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews said forty six years. Were they in building this temple? You're going to raise it up in three days? Jesus spake of the temple of his body. Naos. The temple of his body. He raised his own body of flesh and blood up. Just as he said he would. Therefore, in the days of his flesh, even though he's God, he's made himself of no reputation. Why? Because he's going to work salvation only as a man, not in a hypostatic union. Not in a God-man. He's empty totally out of glory. He's not working as God as all, at all. He's working as a man. Why? Because Romans 5 said, A man lost that only a man can redeem us back. By the disobedience of that Adam, one man, sin came to the world and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Who is that man? Jesus Christ, God, manifest in the flesh. Isaiah 59, 16, Isaiah 63, 5. Who is that servant? Isaiah 43, 10. Thus saith the Lord. That's Jehovah God Almighty, the invisible spirit of God. And my servant. The servant? Well, that's your servant, God. Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen. Well, that certainly sounds like too. It is to the natural mind, but we have to believe God. And God states that. He said, Thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, that I've chosen, yes, God chosen, that you may know, believe, know and believe me and understand. Believe God, not some ecumenical council in 325 A.D., not the Chalcedonian definition of the God-man in 451 A.D., but believe God, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Look at Isaiah 43, 10. He tells you, God said, I am that servant. And he tells you how it happened. Before me, there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself, a body of flesh and blood. That's not a different spirit. That's not a different person of the Godhead. It is God manifest in the flesh. 1 Timothy three sixteen. 
Now you're getting the doctrine of Christ. And this is what will overthrow many in the last days because they don't, are not established in the doctrine of Christ. There, Jesus said that you may know and believe me and understand, I am that servant, I am that man. Before me, there was no God formed. What? He formed himself a body of flesh and blood. In the volume of the book is written to me, I come to the thy will of God for a body that has prepared me. God prepared himself a body. Hebrews states so. Then he says, see now that I and the, am the Lord thy Redeemer, the, the uh, God thy Savior, the Holy One of Israel. Not a trinity, the Holy One. So what are we saying? We're saying that the, the trinity is a false doctrine that has been in use for something uh, several centuries, since 325 A.D., 2021 now, and God will reveal by judgment that the true God and eternal life, that Jesus is the Father of glory. He is the Word. He is the Holy Ghost. He is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, and that is the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty, Revelation 1.8. He's going to show himself that he's God Almighty. There's not another. He's going to show us that we never should have believed in a trinity that will not save us. We shouldn't have believed in a tunis doctrine because the Lord said unto my Lord, there's only one Lord. The Lord, which is that invisible spirit of God, said unto my Lord, the man set that in my right hand to make that in his footstool. Why? Because the Lord, the God Almighty, is the Lord that, Man, it has the Spirit of God without measure. It's made of no reputation until he fulfills the law as a man. Then what does he do? He goes back to his former glory, glorified with the Father's own self, back to where he was before. That's John 17, 5. The Father, glorify me with thine own self, with the glory I had with you before the world was. What? Revelation 3, 21. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne. That's a place where I prepared of you, set together in heavenly places. Where did you go, Jesus? Even as I overcame and am set, not S-I-T, but S-E-T, a settled state of glory. <clears throat> Even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, down with my Father in his throne. There's only one throne in heaven. There's only one throne, one God. That is the Lord Jesus Christ. Glorified with the Father's own self, went back to the glory that he had and is, was, and is to come, the Almighty God. He became a man of flesh and blood, made in under the law. When he's under the law, he's got to work as a man, not God. That's the reason he's going to say, my Father. Because it's going to separate that law will be a wall of partition, parting God from man. Well, that's God. I know it is. God manifest in the flesh. Yes, I know. But he hasn't been glorified yet. He's working as a man to fulfill his own law. And we have that. How God sent forth his son made of a woman made in under the law to redeem us that were under the law. He's our kinsman redeemer. There, he is tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin. It's still, he is that father of glory. He's just not working as it because he's made himself of no reputation. Philippians 2, 6. Now, there's the true Christ. It's a mystery. But there's only one. Christ, the father of glory, the word, the Holy Ghost, God himself, the Lord Jehovah, the Elohim, God Almighty, and the Son of God, is that God made manifest. God manifest in the flesh. There, in uh, Revelation 1.8, and in Revelation 20, and Revelation uh, 21, and Revelation 22, he said, I'm Alpha and Omega. The beginning of the end, the Lord God Almighty. Revelation 1.8 saves it again. His was and is to come the Almighty God. That's the omnipotent. Jesus there, Paul states that that's who Jesus is. Well, in the days of his flesh, he's emptied out of glory. He's made him no reputation to work as a man. Yes, that's right. But then, after he's fulfilled that law as a man, 
as a man, like you and me, not as spirit, but as a man, working through the spirit, the eternal spirit of God, fulfills the law as a man of flesh and blood. Tenth in all points like as we are, yet without sin. Hebrews 4.15. For as much as the children partakes of flesh and blood, he, God himself also, likewise took part of the same. Then in all things he was made like unto his brethren. Hebrews 2. Well, now you're getting the true doctrine of Christ. And that doctrine of Christ is that Christ, it behooved Christ to suffer, the man. Who is that? That's God made flesh. But he's emptied out of glory. He's made himself of no reputation to work as a man. And it behooved Christ to suffer and died. Buried, rose again. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name. The name, the blood name of God Almighty, Jehovah is salvation. Jesus. My God has become my salvation. Isaiah 43.10. We're seeing that that is, uh, and God moving on many thousands of ministers now that have worked in this false trinity doctrine for years are seeing this truth now that God is revealing the revelation of Jesus Christ. And only those that seek God with a pure heart see it. But when they see it, they say, well, I see that's the truth and there's not another. That's the doctrine of Christ. And it is a mystery. And it's there that only those that have a pure heart will see it. There'll be many that say, Lord, we cast out devils. We've done many wonderful works in your name. We prophesied in your name. And Jesus will say, depart from me, I never knew you. You worked as of iniquity. You weren't led by the Spirit of God. You didn't have the doctrine of Christ. Any man have not and bites not of the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. You thought you had it, but you didn't. Well, you work miracles. Well, it says over there that the devil himself in 2 Thessalonians 2, well, there'll be strong delusion from God sent there into this world. God will send them strong delusion that they all might be damned who receive not the love of the truth. And it was possible they deceived the very elect through what? Through signs, miracles, and lying wonders. They have it. There's signs, miracles, and lying wonders. They're lying wonders. We find it in uh, uh, Revelation 16, 13. There's three unclean spirits like frogs. They're unclean spirits. It's not clean. It's not holy. It's not the Holy Ghost. It's not Jesus in you. It's a false Jesus. And somebody said, well, I repented and it changed my life. Well, that's good. You've got one altar. You've got one feast of the Lord there that you've done. You have repented. But then you have to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You have to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Then you have to obey him unto righteousness, unto holiness, in order to be able to enter into the kingdom of heaven, Matthew 7. Well, Jesus stated there, Paul told us, he said he's a, uh, Jesus Christ, a blessed and only potentate. He's the omnipotent God who only hath their mortality, Jesus only. Not three, not, three, not two, Jesus only. Entering into the light, which no man can approach into, nor see, nor can see. Jesus is the only begotten one, the only begotten son, who is the only begotten God. The monogamous theos, the only begotten God, is the monogamous heos, the only begotten son, who's the only begotten one, which is that Yaqid, sole, solitary, unique God manifest in the flesh. There'll never be another. <clears throat> no God formed before him, neither shall be after him. Isaiah 43, 10. That's the doctrine of Christ. Now, God's revealing that doctrine now. And the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more God is going to reveal judgments that men will learn righteousness. For when the judgments are, thy judgments, God, are in the earth, men will learn righteousness. They will see the true God, the true Christ. They see where they miss it. Those that have enough humility and humbling themselves to say, Lord, I've missed the mark. Forgive me and go into the doctrine, the true doctrine of Christ will be saved. Those that don't, well, God said that if six people believe that I am he, John uh, 8, 24, the father, you shall die in your sins. Paul said the same thing. God will send strong delusion, believe a lie and be damned because they've seen not the love of the truth. They might be saved, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. 
What's unrighteousness? That Jesus Christ is not God. That he is some kind of a a portion of God or a third person or second person of the Godhead with the Holy Ghost. It's total ludicrous. It's nonsense. Well, there's the doctrine of Christ. Colossians 2, without controversy. This is a, it's, it's, it's a mystery. The full understanding, full understanding of the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. In whom, in him, are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Why did God hide it? Because only those of a pure heart are going to see it. Let no man spoil you. There's going to be many spoiled through vain philosophy, rudiments of this world. The, uh, it says there, uh, the tradition of the elders. We've had tradition passed pass down and passed down, but the tradition of the elders have made the word of God an unaffected. The Pharisees didn't know that Jesus is the father. It's been passed down through the ages that Jesus is not the father of glory. And Jesus stated, except you believe that I am he, to those Pharisees, in John 8, 24, you shall die in your sins. He says it in John 14. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house and many mansions, when I sow what I told you, I got to prepare a place for you. Where I am, there you may be also. Whether I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know whether thou goest. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. Watch it now. No man cometh to the Father but by me. Pretty stout statement. You believe in God, believe also in me. No man cometh to the Father but by me. From henceforth, you both know him and have seen him. Now, Philip said, I don't see him. So he said, Lord, show us the Father, and that suffices us. Did not know that Jesus is the Father. He said, look, Lord, show us the Father, and that'll be sufficient. That's what we need to know. Jesus said, have I been so long time with you? And yet hast thou not known me, Philip? You don't know I'm the father? The man said, Jesus the man said, I can do nothing of my own self. What I see the father do, that's what I do. He goes and said, believe me that I'm in my father and my father in me, or else believe me for what? For the work's sake. What works? He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, opened blind eyes, loosed the dumb tongue, lame walking, captive, went free. Who did it? The father. Jesus is the Father. The words that I speak are not mine. Well, then whose are they, Jesus? The words that I speak are not mine, the, but the Father that dwelleth in me houses permanently in me, made of no reputation, and took upon himself the form of a servant. God manifest in flesh. The Father that dwelleth in me, he's the one doing the works. Believe me for the work's sake. Said, if I with the finger of God cast out devils, know you the kingdom of God's come down to you. Here's the Father revealed. Emmanuel, God with us. So God's correcting his people now. He does not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But he's showing forth these judgments, not to destroy mankind, but get us to return back to God. Come and return to the Lord. The true God and eternal life. Not this Trinity, not a binitarian. Not a oneness doctrine where Jesus is standing at the right hand of God in a bodily form. He sat down with the Father in his throne. Revelation 3.21. He's glorified with the Father's own self. John 17.5. John 16. You no more ask the Father in my name. You ask in my name and I'll say now that I'll pray the Father for you. Why? Because he is the Father. All the Father's given is given unto him. He's glorified with the Father's own self. And that's the reason all power in heaven and earth is given to him. Matthew 28, 18. Acts 2, 36. Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus, that man you crucified, that Christ, God hath made him both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost, the quickening spirit. First Corinthians 15, 45. The first man, Adam, was made a living soul. That last Adam... The second Adam, Jesus Christ, was made a quickening spirit. He went back to his former glory. He's made Lord in Christ. The Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Jesus is the Lord. Every knee's going to bow and every tongue confess to that. What is it? 
Let no man deceive you by any means. You've been established in that doctrine of Christ, for in him dwelleth, houses permanently all the fullness of the Godhead, bodily, one body. In a glorified body right now, set down with the Father in his throne, Revelation 3.21. Now, God's going to do more judgments that they will be manifest in the earth. What? To reveal his name, who he is, the revelation of Christ, that he is that Christ. What is it? 1 John 2.22, who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Son. Christ is the Word. Christ is all the offices of the Spirit of God, but he is that Spirit. That Spirit is the Father. The Spirit is the Word. The Spirit is the Holy Ghost. They're the same Spirit, 1 John 5.7. There's three of the very record in heaven, the Father, Word, and the Holy Ghost. He's three or one. Heist, not in a, not in a hypostatic union. They're the one self-same spirit. One spirit of God. There it is. They, it's invisible. Father, invisible spirit of God. Word, invisible spirit of God. Holy Ghost, invisible spirit of God. Jesus stated while he was in this earth, he said, I'll pray the Father, send you another comforter. Why? He's under the law. There's a wall of partition, dividing his spirit from his body of flesh. He said, I'll pray the Father, send you another comforter whom the world cannot receive because it saith him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you. I'm dwelling with you, apostles, now. And I shall be in you. I will be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He came on the day of Pentecost. That's the doctrine of Christ. In him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. He is that Lord God Almighty. He is the Father of glory. And then that doctrine of Christ. And Christ is God. Christ is the Son of God, because the Son of God is the Father revealed. It is the Spirit. The invisible Spirit is Father, Word, Holy Ghost, El Shaddai, uh, Elohim, Jehovah. That's the invisible Spirit of God. Spirit manifests, Son of God, Son of Man. <clears throat> well, that's revealed in a body of flesh and blood. One and the same Spirit, though. Jesus stated, John 10, 30, I'm my Father, one, same Spirit. John 8, 24, except you believe that I am he, the Father, you'll die in your sins. There, Jesus, said you believe in God, believe also in me. Said you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I don't do it of myself. But the Father that dwelleth or houses permanently me, he's the one doing the works. He is the Christ. Christ is the Spirit. Christ is the Son of God. Christ is that Spirit. Christ is that man that died on the cross and took that middle wall of partition, well, through that ordinance of the law, and nailed it to his cross, and broke down that middle wall of partition that's, that divided his spirit from his body in, in for all mankind as our kinsman redeemer. Broke down the middle of the wall that through him and by him and in him in the Lord Jesus Christ that we have access to his spirit, the Father of glory, the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is God and there's not another. There in 1 John 2.22, who is a liar, but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist. You've got something in lieu of Christ. There's only one God, one that Christ. There's only one Christ, one spirit, but it's manifest in, in the Son of God. It's manifest in the Father. It's a spirit manifest in the flesh is the Son of God. The invisible spirit, that's the Father, that's Christ. When you got the doctrine of Christ, then you know that Christ is that spirit, and regardless of what office it's in, that he is manifesting himself in. So who is the liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He's Antichrist. Why? Because he's denied both the Father. Why? Because Christ is the Father. And he's denied the Son. Why? Because the Son of God is the Father revealed, 1 John 2, 22. So the revelation of Jesus Christ is that he is God. The Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, which is, was, and is to come, the Almighty. Revelation 1, 8, Revelation 22, Revelation 20, uh, 21, Revelation 22, says it over and over again, I'm Alpha and Omega, the beginning, I am that God. And he will manifest himself, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. Well, that's the true Christ. Don't let anybody tell you there's a trinity. God's showing now in his judgments 
and this famine plus the sword and noisome beast that he's doing in the earth now, that more and more will come into the real kingdom of God. The real revelation of Jesus, the true Christ, that he alone is that one spirit. Jesus Christ is that spirit, 2 Corinthians 3.17. Well, let's don't be deceived. If this is bore witness with your spirit, please give us a call. We'd like to be one with you. We have over 6,000 ministers now in Africa, India, uh, various locations around the world, but primarily there, that are coming out of Trinity Doctrine into the true Jesus Doctrine of Christ. The one God, the Jesus only Doctrine of Christ, that is the blessed and only potentate who only hath immortality, that Jesus only. Matthew 17, they saw Jesus only, the ones that will be used on the last day in that ministry of the work of the ministry. We'll see that it's Jesus only. Well, we'd love to hear from you. Write to me, Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can send us questions or messages over the website, sailinggodspeople.org, sailinggodspeople.com, or dennisbeard.org. Thank you for your prayerful support and your generous offerings. For Bob, we're able to keep the podcast on the air coming to you. Until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.